Kraken Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, by Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode number nine. Can you believe it? Number nine of Kraken Fancast, brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, for our regular roundtable discussion. We'll also have our friend and colleague, Luke Chelios, on later with both a Chelios chatter and a Chelios chat. He'll talk a little bit about the skate kicking for a goal controversy, which seems to come up a bunch of times every season. And we saw maybe potentially an example of it in the Kraken's first regular season game. So we'll chat a little bit about that. But after that, we'll hear Lute's conversation with Seattle Kraken TV game analyst and former NHL player JT Brown. We presented Lute talking with play-by-play man John Forslund a few weeks ago, and now we have a conversation with his broadcast partner, JT Brown, a chat you will not want to miss, so please stick around and check that out later in our program. For those of you who are new to our program, I just want to let you know that we release our episodes approximately every two weeks. Uh, We'll discuss news about the NHL's 32nd franchise, the Seattle Kraken, who at last, at last, have started their long-awaited regular season uh, this past Tuesday, October 12th. Uh, On our program, we'll share news about the team, analyze their play and various happenings, present interviews with people involved with the team, as well as the fan community. Plus, we also aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other podcasts and webcasts. You can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, as well as our own website that we encourage you to check out. It's simply krakenfancast.com. Visit krakenfancast.com for everything related to the show. All of our episodes are on there, even our YouTube channel, which is integrated into our site there. You can also follow us. In fact, we ask that you follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at castkraken. And you can also find us on Instagram, Kraken Fancast. Find us all on those social media platforms. And uh, by the way, uh, we have a sticker contest for listeners. Uh, we started a few weeks ago and it's still running. Uh, anybody who left uh, positive reviews on Apple Podcasts specifically, since that way, that uh, site uh, allows for reviewing on there, uh, this is important because the more reviews you leave there, the easier it is for listeners to find us when they search for Seattle Kraken or Kraken Hockey. So all you have to do is write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. We'll then reach out to you and get your info so we can send a sticker along. Please keep in mind that the sticker contest will end on October 31, which is coming up pretty soon. Now on to the Kraken talk, our favorite subject here. Quite a few things actually happened since our last episode. In no particular order, but all very significant. Mark Giordano, Mark Giordano, defenseman, originally from Calgary Flames and was a captain over there. He has now been named captain, the very first captain ever of Seattle Kraken. Not a huge surprise. I think a lot of us thought that, but it was great and significant uh, to see uh, and a good thing. I think we're all happy to see that. Mark Giordano is obviously a, a great leader of, uh, of a hockey team and uh, it makes sense for him to be designated with that C on his uniform. So it was great to see that. That happened for Mark. Uh, also, on other news, though, uh, since the first game, which we'll get to in a second, um, 
veteran forward Marcus Johansson, who uh, played in that game and was uh, present in most of training camp. Uh, he has a lower body injury, and that has landed him on the injured reserve list. Subsequently, Cole Lind uh, has been added to the active roster. He's been brought up from the uh, AHL Charlotte Checkers team, um, and he'll probably be with them, uh, with the team playing in Nashville. They've got a game on October 14 in Nashville, so Cole will be up for that. Uh, also, uh, notably, defenseman Dennis Chalowski, uh, the Kraken's expansion draft choice from Detroit. He was placed on waivers a few days ago, but uh, if he is not claimed during the league's 24-hour waiver period, the young defenseman will likely be assigned to Charlotte in the AHL. I shouldn't say a few days ago. It was just, just a day ago he was he was sent uh, on waivers. So that's a short little transaction if no other team picks him up. He's still part of the Kraken, but uh, will be with the minor league affiliate. Um, so that all happened. But, uh, you know, more notably than anything that I just brought up, this season has finally begun. The first Seattle Kraken game ever, along with the first goal ever, was seen this past Tuesday, October 12th. We all watched it. Uh, Kraken took on the Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas for their first regular season game ever. Pretty tall order going to Vegas. Great team, great fans there. Quite a test uh, to start off the Seattle Kraken's life. Uh, just a little sideline I will mention, too, uh, before we talk about the game is Kraken FanCast hosted a party at Silver City Brewing's Tap Room in Bremerton, and we had an absolute blast. Uh, cheers to all the people who came and joined us there. Uh, we hope to host future watch parties there in the not-too-distant future. Uh, thanks much to Kurt Larson and the whole staff at Silver City Brewing for helping to make that happen, as well as big thanks to our colleague and buddy Keith Armstrong for organizing the big gathering. But yeah, we saw a hell of a game, guys. Uh, it started off like, uh, oh boy, they're down uh, three to nothing. Maybe this is getting ugly. But no, they came roaring back. And they really played toe-to-toe with this Vegas team. Uh, throughout the game, uh, ultimately being defeated four to three. Um, it was a great game. And, you know, and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the goals and the assists. But uh, I, I have to say that I, w- I was not one to make an, a prediction. Maybe, you know, many people, of course, the pundits and fans were making a prediction. Who's going to get the first goal? I opted not to do that. But because of my Boston upbringing, I was just rooting. I was like, I hope Ryan Donato gets the first goal. I just, I'm just rooting for Ryan to get the goal. I got my wish. Ryan Donato got it, and uh, the very first goal. So, uh, answer to a trivia question uh, for for many decades to come is Ryan Donato there. But uh, guys, uh, you know, Jim, I start with you. Um, thoughts on the game? It was, it was really toe to toe. It was really close. I mean, the shots on goal and things. Uh, I was I was proud of him. Despite a loss, it was a loss I was uh, I felt okay about. Yeah, for the first three and a half minutes, the the forecheck and pressure was unbelievable. It was quite intense. Uh, the whole crowd at Silver City Brewery was quite into it, and I was happy about that. By the way, what a great place! Great host Keith Armstrong had some great chats with him. Yeah, those first three and a half minutes were crazy, and I thought, boy, I hope this is uh, things to come, but then I started realizing that they were getting a bit aggressive there, and, and it might cost them, and sure enough, it kind of did between the three-and-a-half-minute and the six-and-a-half-minute mark, and that was a result of some tired players and some neutral zone late back-checking uh, from the aggressive forecheck, but it is what it is. I thought 
Grubauer had a, was a little late on some angles there, uh, and I'm sure he'd like to have those back. He seemed a little off. I mean, because he was looking great in training camp and in the preseason. I I was looking at that and thinking, I mean, they weren't awful goals, but I thought he'd normally stop those first two. Yeah, for sure. He he his angles were off a little bit and all. After that, though, he he recovered pretty well. That third goal was legit. Yeah. Oh, that was a great goal. What can you say? Yeah. Yeah. But from about the seven minute point on, that first and second period, it was the the flow chart was pretty even on both clubs. I was really impressed with the uh, even though they went zero for three on the power play, the zone work was fantastic. The cycle work was good. The bumper man was worked well. They were using the point perfectly. They looked really good. They looked like that's what they've been working on for two weeks at camp. And that's what you want. I thought line one was fabulous the whole game. I thought um, Schwartzy was just a standout. The hustle that guy had throughout the night was probably the best player, actually. I thought line two did their job that they're supposed to do, which is almost a shutdown line in the second position. They were fantastic. And uh, Winberg was 70, I think 71% in his faceoff dial, which is crazy because everybody else was hanging about anywhere from 41 to 45, which is just not great. But Winberg was a stud. Line three of Geeky Appleton and Donato, of course, two of them had stellar goals. Donato's first hardworking in the paint battle for the win that got you all excited, man. That was fun. That was fun to hear you go. Yeah, I like that. I got it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm biased or anything. but We got our faves. He's one of my oh. faves. I'm telling you, it was very enjoyable to see you enjoy that. And then Geeky's geeky snipe was just unbelievable. I think I've watched that at least 10 times today. Uh, and I just loved everything about that. Um, Appleton was a little bit quiet. Fourth line was fourth line. It wasn't nothing to write home, but they did their job. And then the PK was perfect for the night too. Uh, and then Tanev had that breakaway on the PK and just, you know, there was a little bit of soft ice going on in that place. There was some bouncing puck situations. So I'm not going to lay it all on him. He, he looked good except for that last move. So those four lines, they did their job, I would say. Just being down two in a hole right away and then three and then coming back, showing that heart was pretty darn impressive against a team that's supposed to win the West or Pacific, pardon me. Uh, I can't complain at all. I could go into a lot more things uh and minutes and things, if you want. Or well, you know, I, I, it, we'll, we'll get Nathan in the conversation here, too. I mean, one, one thing I want to, you know, just uh, to go through some of the stats, some of the numbers here. I mean, just how even it was. Kraken, 31 shots. Golden Knights, 30 shots. Power plays, both teams were 0 for 3. Penalty mints, both had 8. Kraken, 33 hits to 26 hits for the Golden Knights. However, on the other end, Block shots, 19 to 11 in favor of Vegas. Uh, really, you know, and you just mentioned about the penalty kill. I I, I was particularly impressed with that. I, I thought they did quite well on that uh, defensively, Nathan. What, what what do you think on on all of that, just defensive and just your overall impressions on the game? Well, the penalty kill was right on par. Like, it seems it has been uh, all preseason long. There's been a couple of greasy goals, but uh, they've been doing really well on penalty kill. I've been pretty impressed. They play together a lot better. You'd think that they all have been playing for a lot longer together, and that's obviously not the case. So that's impressive in itself. Grubauer, one thing that I noticed that I, I mentioned to Jim, Jim was sitting next to me there at the uh, at the Silver City Brewery, 
And I just said, you know, if he can just drop a little quicker, but raise that glove up at the same time, just a little higher, we might have had a chance to stop one or two more of those goals. But it happens. It's game one. We got 81 more to go. You know, there's, you know, there's lots of room for improvement. There's lots of time. Tanev looked good. Um, You know, Jim was talking about that breakaway that he had. And yeah, it might have been a little bit of soft ice. He kind of deked himself out of it at the last moment. I think he was just trying to keep the puck in front of him, you know, as anybody else would, and just didn't work out in his favor. Uh, but he sure did try. Donato with that goal, for him to stay right there at the crease and just stay with it, he didn't look at anything else, anybody else. He looked at that puck, backhanded that thing in, and we all just went crazy. My phone was going off all night. I had to silence it after a while because I was getting messages left and right. Did you see this? Did you see that? The physicality in my opinion, top notch. I mean, the, the stats show, you know, we had more hits, the four checking, like you guys mentioned was great. I am so excited for the next 81 games. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they seem to get right out of the bat. Like a lot, I mean, Everly came very close to having a goal just right in the first couple of minutes, but it didn't, um, it, it seemed like they weren't quite gelling yet. It took, took a little while in the game for them to really be kind of playing together it's it's going to take a while for them but i mean right off the bat play against a vegas team four to three in vegas man that's a tall order and i i i'm so impressed under the circumstance it is i mean i'm sure the adrenaline it was just flowing hard there for those three and a half minutes you know that building with that pre-party was going on they all saw it so they have to walk away satisfied i know haxtell was in the post-game interview thing is is their goals they got scored against were mistakes they were you know neutral zone turnovers or just tired mistakes I was really impressed with Gio and Fleury's minutes I mean Gio pulled a typical 23 minute game but Fleury's has been surprising me he was pulling 20 minutes on that combo which is something I wasn't thinking he was going to do in camp Alexiak and Larson played the typical D game running about 18 minutes Uh, Larson had one bad outlet giveaway that it was the start of a turnaround to end up being a goal. Now, Dunn and Larson kind of had a rough game when I broke it down. Dunn redeemed himself on uh, the plus side of the puck, but he was having a rough game. And uh, Jeremy Lausanne was getting pressured hard, too. They were, there was a little bit of confusion going on there. So, Well, yeah, Lausanne and had I – mean, that was a, one of the goals was a little, kind of a Lausanne flow. Yeah, there, there were – there was some confusion, definitely reading some plays going on. And it's strange because Lausanne, those last couple uh, games in camp, was getting the looksy heavy. And that was, he was the decision to go seventh man D. So, and he was playing great. Uh, and we all know about his PK work is top notch, but I, I, I'm walking away feeling he plays better PK than he does five on five, at least through this game, taking notes. So, you know, there are going to be some mistakes, and that's probably what ends up in goals on those turnovers. They're, they're, uh, one thing about Vegas's game is their transition game is top-notch. It's some of the best in the league. I mean, watching it happen is, and I know Nathan's seen this for the last four years, uh, that transition game is part of one of the reasons they are so good. They just take advantage of your mistakes, you know. So, But uh, like I said, totally satisfied, totally amped. All the radio talk today on all the stations were just go, 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 loving the the support and loving the the new vibe of the team so you know what it's already selling itself here in, in puget sound and beyond so that's good it looked like quite a few kraken fans there at the arena i mean i have no idea the numbers but they kept uh, showing occasionally on the uh on on the broadcast what did you guys think of the espn broadcast 
I thought it was great. I wasn't really paying too much attention at first. I was so in awe of just seeing our guys, you know, skating around with Vegas and it was really happening. You know, it wasn't a preseason game anymore. It was something that I'll always carry with me, you know, but the broadcast was good. Um, I do, you know, like listening to Forslund and, and JT and, and those guys. I think it went well. I think it went well. That Pittsburgh game ran a little bit late. I know we were a little afraid that, uh, you know, we might miss the first little bit of the game, but we all knew that uh, I looked at Jim and I said, they're not going to drop the puck. They're, the NHL is going to call Vegas right now and say, don't drop the puck until this this game's over. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, ESPN, I mean, obviously there were a lot of people who had a lot of experience, but they had some new pundits there. And I, you know, I remember long ago and, and Jim and I talked about this a long time. I was really hoping, and maybe they will someday, who knows, he's kind of in retirement age, but I was hoping they'd bring Gary Thorne back, who was the main play-by-play guy for the ESPN back in the 90s. Uh, but, you know, they had, you know, Butcher Gross and, uh, you know, and I know we'll uh, see some other guy, and, uh, Sean McDonough did the earlier game and, TNT. I was watching a little of some of those games, uh, the games today, the Rangers game and the Blackhawks game going on right now. That uh, as we record this, uh, but it was just interesting to see. It's all new and you know new bells and whistles and everything. But it, it did it did feel like a good broadcast. One thing though that did get a little uh, a little bit of chatter, not Luke Chelios chatter, and the other Chelios, Chris Chelios, uh, some other pundits, and as a matter of fact, even on NHL Network, I was I think it was Dave Reed a number of people saying uh, they didn't foresee this team making the playoffs. Not that that's an unreasonable thought, but uh, Franken fans are already high feisty about anybody saying anything. What do you mean they're not going to make the playoffs? Because there is that expectation, probably a wrong one because of what happened with Vegas and, you know, having such success right off the bat. But we've said it so many times I didn't look at that Vegas expansion draft roster. Oh, hey, this this team's going to go deep in the playoffs. I don't see how anybody could say. I think so much is to be determined with the crack. And yeah, maybe they don't have as deep a depth as as some other teams do. But uh, and they don't have you know they're brand new and they're getting to know each other. But they're on a poor division. Pacific Division's not that solid. Yeah, that's what we keep hearing, right? All for the last all summer the Pacific's a weak division. You know, we just go what the media says. On paper, maybe. But, you know, by the end of the year, you don't know. It could be mediocre, and then there could be somebody could, Central could suck. Who knows? But, Shelly, I didn't hear any of that, by the way, on the, the predictions. Uh, that's fine. You know what's going to happen is it's just like this team's probably going to make the playoffs, let's just say. Let's say they do well. Um, then everybody's going to start saying, oh, that that." draft was so unfair and it's, they're just going to backpedal like crazy you know they just do they do that man i don't know i, I i'm excited still i i think that's i think that was just a huge showing that number one line i just i love it i so far I, it's totally a number one line um i i'm, I'm pleased yeah, yeah it was great game great atmosphere great place in with good company got to bring my wife she was able to come and hang out and how about those damn street tacos huh those were great. What was the name of that? What was the name of the ta- taco? Wait a minute. Do I have the? I have the poster here. Does it say? Oh, it was. Uh, yes, thanks to man. I hope I'm getting the pronunciation right. Mandil's Mexican Grill. I think you did. Yeah. They also have a wicked root beer there. Just so you know, for your non-alcohol consuming folks. Yep. For those who don't drink beer, they do have a really good root beer. 
Jim tested it out. Jim, how many of those did you have? I had two. That's enough, you know. Okay. Yeah, root beer can be a little filling, but yeah. Those... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, you know what else? I was really impressed with just the whole layout of that place. A very clean environment, um, nice design. Employees are fantastic. Service is top-notch. And like I said, I had some great convos with Keith. All hockey, of course. That was great. Absolutely. Our buddy Keith Armstrong, Absolutely. Uh, so next game, uh, which will be happening after uh, our, we release this episode, but we should maybe chat a little bit about Nashville. What can we expect with Nashville? They're they're a little bit of in a rebuilding mode, yeah. You know, I saw them. I, I a couple of years ago, I was back in Nashville. Let's go catch the Bruins and uh, a trip back there. And uh, I had never been to Bridgestone. It's quite awesome there, right on that. There's what what is that Broadway or whatever the strip they have there. Yeah, I was quite impressed with that whole. Yeah, Broadway. Yeah, um, and and game night's a big deal there. I'm telling you, with all them pubs and three story pubs go up and down the street, it's pretty fun. They are, I would say, on a slight rebuild. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say rebuild. They they're not as the powerhouse they were uh, against the Sharks back then. You know, they got Soros in that. He's solid, obviously. They lost. Uh, I didn't do much studying, but I'm going on memory now. They lost some decor, and the decor was always their big power there'll be a battle it's a hard building to play in. it's loud it's obnoxious um i will i will say one thing uh the seats i had in the lower bowl when i was there i wasn't happy with they were pretty small and i'm not a very big guy so i had to throw that in there it's going to be another game so we'll see how that goes yeah they've got a few of them yeah the uh october 14 nashville uh will be uh happening before our next uh, release here, but uh, maybe we'll get our, our episode up before the Columbus game. So anyway, here's here's the schedule. This is this is quite a, a initiation these guys are having in the league, are having a long road trip to start all of this. Uh, Nashville on the 14th, Columbus Saturday, October 16th, uh, 4 p.m. Western time. Monday, October 18th, in Philly. 4 p.m. Western time and uh, Tuesday, October 19th against New Jersey, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific. And then, of course, fellas, it's it's the other it's the other Christmas Day. We had sort of Christmas Day a little bit, you know, but we were watching them from afar. The big time hockey Christmas Day, October 23rd over at Climate Pledge, Climate Pledge Arena and uh can't wait for that. I'm not going to get any work done. I don't know about you guys that day. Oh, at least it's a Saturday, right? Well, that's true. Well, I won't be thinking I'd be able to concentrate on anything else. <laughs> I know. Well, I know I'll be heading up to Seattle early that day just to hang out all day and be part of the whole thing that's going on there because it's going to be crazy. You know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have a lot more, 80, 81 more games to go, guys. And uh, look forward to watching them all and uh, talking uh, all about what uh, those games with you. Uh, sponsor reminder, we've kind of already talked about them, but we do want to thank our sponsors, Silver City Brewing and the Angry Beaver. Um, Silver City Brewery is our presenting sponsor. They're located in Bremerton with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. An all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Stay tuned for more news about Crack and Fancast and Silver City Brewery Partnership in the coming weeks and months. Also, as always, big thanks to the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. Crack and Fancast will periodically broadcast video episodes from the Angry Beaver throughout the season. 
All right, now it's time for our next segment, Emails from the Deep. We love getting to interact with our listeners. We really appreciate many of you who have reached out. And some of you have questions, so we'll aim to answer them. We've got one email that just was sent to us. It said, hey, Kraken Fancast, I would like to know how our penalty kill stacks up against the rest of the league. Who will be our top tandem? It's, uh, sincerely, Lance Lauderback. Thanks for the question, Lance. Guys, who wants to take that one? Jim? Oh, I suppose I will. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we know we know that uh, Tanev's a PK specialist. He has been his whole career. Um, he's got the quick wheels. He's a real quick out-of-the-box skater. So he's one of the forwards. Um, your face-off guys, like, they've been using Riley Sheehan, Sheehan a lot because he's a good face-off battle. He's a good PK man. That's the reason they picked him up. He'll, he would probably be on PK too, though. Um, the, anybody off that second line, the presently second line, you know, the, the Wenbergs and the Danskoy combos would be pulling forwards on that on the decor. You're going to be using probably our second line set of D's most likely Alexiak, uh, I know Lausanne is especially, he's been getting good time. He actually plays better four on four than five on five numbers right now. So how it stacks up against the league, if you look at the preseason and then you look at this first game that we've seen so far, it's pretty darn good, actually. It's, it's, I don't know where it'll be. I would say it's at the top half of the league, top 15 anyway. So that as a start, that's good. And Haxel's style is all about defensive structure. So it would probably be pretty good in the league. Yeah, they look solid. I, I agree throughout the uh, whole preseason for the most part, uh, with maybe exception of one game and then the uh, game here against Vegas. Uh, team was, they always said they were building them for defense and we, we see, we've seen that so far. Obviously it's early, but it uh, seems like they will stack up well. All right. Well, thanks for the email, Lance. And uh, again, uh, folks, if you want to, Message us uh, through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or send us an email at uh, info at krakenfancast.com. Please feel free, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, read your emails uh, on our program here. Um, also, one more bit of housekeeping. I want to mention uh, something we're going to be doing with Patreon. Uh, we'll be launching an exclusive Patreon site. Uh, we're aiming for October 22nd for that. Uh, that's right the day before the home opener. Uh, we'll be launching it. It's an exclusive access to the show in uh, more ways than you can imagine. What we'll be doing, uh, Patreon contests that uh, only Kraken FanCast patrons will be able to enter. Patrons will also have email priority. So when, you, when we do emails from the deep, you can have your emails answered first. Also, patrons will be given a chance to ask uh, upcoming guest questions on future episodes, all sorts of awesome benefits. Also, exclusive content will be on there. Patreon's a great site for fundraising, and uh, we really appreciate it uh, having our listeners help us, help fund us, because we put a lot of work into this. We have to buy a lot of equipment, uh, and it's, it, there is an expense here. So uh, having patrons support us is hugely appreciated and welcome. Uh, so it'll be something like $5 a month. We'll let you know more of the details. It, uh, think of it as buying your favorite hockey podcast, a, a beer every month, and you'll get some perks out of it too. So more news on that soon, but we want to put that on your radar uh, for Kraken FanCast's Patreon page. All right. 
Now, time for loot, loot Chelios. We have loot Chelios chatter, talking a little bit about the skate kicking goals situation. And then we'll go into his interview with Seattle Kraken television commentator, JT Brown. Loot, take it away. Chelios chatter here. Released the Kraken. Well, Seattle Kraken made hockey history 47 years since 1974. We released the Kraken. Seattle Kraken go to Vegas. Lots of fans flew down on the Alaska Airlines. Kraken 30 airline trips down to Vegas. House was full. Got down 3-0. Came back. Incredible fight. Incredible energy. Tied it up 3-3. Next goal wins, and a puck goes off a skate. They go to the Toronto War Room. We're not happy, folks. One of the fans last night after the game had the comment of the year, comment of the Seattle Kraken fan history, game one and sorry controversy. Went to a hockey game in Vegas last night, and a soccer game broke out. What? Chelios Chatter here. We're not happy. Losing the hockey game at the end. Player didn't attempt to use the stick. Puck was guided in with skate. They called it angled in. It's not like the defenseman was holding a stick or knocked his stick away and he could only push it towards the net with a skate. The NHL wants goals, national TV. Home team wins in Vegas all the time. We didn't want overtime. We didn't want TV ratings. We just wanted a ending, apparently. So Seattle has a heartbreak. Fans stayed up late in the East Coast, around the world. It was normal time in Seattle. But it's a 3-3 hockey game. You want to go to overtime and at least get that tie, that first point in Seattle Kraken history. Chelios, not very happy. I think the refs in the Toronto War Room need a little bit more training camp. It's a disgrace to lose the hockey game at the end like that. Goes off of skating in. There was no attempt to use the stick. So what do we say? We got ripped off. Well, love this team. Love this energy. Love the coaching and the style of play. Love the heart and the energy of the team to fight back. A lot of great young players are going to have great careers ahead. Got some great NHL veterans like Alexiak, Tanev, Eberly, Schwartz, and some young stars like Geeky, Appleton, Hayden Flurry. A lot of character on this team, a lot of energy. Love this team. Love this team. We're going to get the next one in Nashville. Go crack and go. Go crack Good morning. Welcome to Kraken FanCast. It's Luke Chelios with a very special Kraken guest, our brand new TV color analyst, joining John Forslund to do the Kraken hockey games on Root Sports Northwest. Welcome, JT. Thanks for having me on. How are you liking Seattle so far? I'm liking Seattle. It's been a little bit of an adjustment, you know, coming from the Midwest, but I've enjoyed it so far. Well, JT, let's get into your story. Tell us a bit about how you got into hockey. Um, I think the biggest thing would be just growing up living in Minnesota. Uh, I feel like that's the sport that uh, everyone wants to play. It's the most, I would say, popular one in Minnesota, just with the frozen lakes and, you know, being able to get out on the ice. So I think just living in Minnesota had a, a big impact on, you know, me deciding to play hockey. You have a famous father in Minneapolis, Ted Brown, played a little football. A little bit of football for the Minnesota Vikings. Tell us a little bit about your dad and how uh, he influenced you into hockey. Um, so my dad obviously played a different sport. Uh, didn't uh, didn't skate. Wasn't in, 
into hockey, I guess, right away. Obviously, the more I played, the more, you know, he got into it. But, you know, for me, it was good to have him around, even though he couldn't play more so from, a, you know, what it took to get to the next level, you know, because he had played at the highest level, you know, even though it was a different sport, kind of instilled a lot of the right, you know, attitudes and work ethic, because all of those things translate no matter what sport you're playing. So I think that was that was huge. So Joshua Thomas Brown, JT Brown becomes an NHL hockey player. Didn't really get to know him, but I knew who he was. He's become a great coach, just like Brad Berry at UND as um, after graduating from North Dakota. And then after, uh, well, 81 games, 40 goals, 84 points at Duluth. I mean, that's an NHL season. You're a 40 goal scorer right there coming out of college. So let's move into your NHL career a bit. Tell us about the negotiation recruiting the, to the NHL and Tampa Bay one signing you. Yeah. So uh, I talked to quite a few teams after, uh, you know, college after we won the national championship, you know, thought about leaving, but I thought it'd be better to come back for another year, have another, you know, successful season. And, you know, obviously then talking to different teams, just kind of trying to figure out where I would fit best. Um, you know, when you have Steve Yeiserman, talking to you uh it's pretty <laughs> impactful when he's the uh, the person or you go out to dinner uh it's it's definitely he made a little lasting impact on me and then also you you see you know what they have going in Tampa Bay now and you know I saw that vision um and it also doesn't hurt to go somewhere warm when you've been stuck in Minnesota, Minnesota and snowbanks yeah <laughs> exactly uh but no I you know I just took the time to talk to my agent and obviously family too, and just decide what was going to be, you know, what I thought was going to be the best move for my career moving forward. JT Brown has a huge following and background in hockey, gaming, internet. I'm not into it. Xbox. He's on Twitch. Tell us a little bit about the NHL hockey gaming world that you're so involved with and you're kind of a leader and consultant in. Uh, so, I mean, I think it just from a gaming perspective, uh, it started, I mean, I started gaming a long time ago in high school, but when I started streaming, that was about four years ago. Um, for me, it was just a, another way to interact with the fans, um, give them a little bit of an insight to, you know, what you're like behind, you know, the helmet or, you know, when they might see you briefly at, you know, signing an autograph or at the practice when we're getting off and you have a quick conversation. This was just another way for them to have a different sort of conversation, even though it's online you know, to be able to have that back and forth, you know, with the fans and have them make, ask questions, maybe in a more comfortable setting, um, you know, was something that I wanted to try and ended up loving it. And, you know, now it's something that I try to do regularly. Um, the timing of it, obviously, with the job of hockey and now the uh, TV analyst, it's still a little bit sporadic on when I can go. There's no real like schedule of when I'm on, but, you know, there's still people that will show up you know, every day and, you know, just have the same questions, ask different things, see how things are going and just kind of checking in it almost, you have a little That's community, awesome. you have a nice little community. So to me, it was never really about trying to grow to be the biggest streamer or professional athlete on Twitch. It was more just a, an opportunity for me to get to know my, some of my fans and then vice versa, you know, have fans uh, get nice. to know me. Do you have a Twitch handle that you want to tell us? Yeah. So the Twitch handle is JT Brown 23. There you go. So you were number 23 in your hockey career. All right. So uh, any chance you'd uh, put the skates on and have a comeback someday after uh, 
seeing the, the new Kraken facility and getting out on the ice. How does it feel skating around the new iceplex? Uh, so I have, I've gone out on the ice. Uh, I've actually played in two beer league games this summer, you know, after post-retirement. Um, no, I, I, I think I'm, I'm good. I would say, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at and especially within this organization. So as far as a comeback, I don't know. I don't think that that's in the cards. I have, and I like where we're at right now. So we're really pleased to have you join the Seattle community, not just the hockey community, but our community in general with your beautiful family. We welcome you with open arms and uh, we hope to see you around. Uh, like we said with John Forslund, we're going to have you as a guest down the road and talk a little bit more about the Kraken team. My favorite player already, I'm a Swedish guy, is Kelly Yarncroke. Um, I hope he gets up into the top line, maybe some power play duty. He's had quite a career already in uh, Nashville, but uh, a great opportunity. Another guy I watched in Winnipeg, Mason Appleton. He's a young power forward. Uh, reminds me of Blake Wheeler out of Minneapolis at 24, 25 years old. Drives to the net with speed. He's fearless. Um, he's played some power play time with the, you know, the growing uh, awesome Winnipeg Jets already. We were able to take him as their seventh best forward off the Jets roster. We even uh, passed on Dylan DeMello with a great contract, uh, was available on defense. And I think the, the Jets were trying to trade uh, Mason Appleton at the last minute to get some value out of him. He grew up in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, so you know that area from the Midwest, Minnesota and Iowa. Mason Appleton's from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and uh, now he's coming to Seattle. So those are a couple of my favorite players to watch for. Do you have any uh, comments on uh, on our team that we built and anybody to watch for? I'd just say I'm excited to get to see even some of the guys you talked about and pretty much everyone see how they how they flourish in a new opportunity. Um, you know, that's right. the way I like to look at it. You know, a lot of players, you know, had diff maybe had different roles on their former team. And now, you know, coming into Seattle might be looked upon for whether it's more scoring or just a different a, a different role within the team and just see how that can change. Um, you know, I'm, I would say Yanni Gord is probably one that I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, when he gets back, I've been able, I've played with him, you know, uh, in Tampa. So I know him quite well and I'm excited to see how he does, you know, out here in Seattle. Well, JT, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on Kraken Fancast, JT Brown. I always end the show with saying, Keep your stick in the air and celebrate the goals. Thank you for having me. All right. Great job as always, Luke. Great to hear JT Brown and uh, maybe Adam Forslund Brown. Hopefully we'll get Everett Fitzhugh and some other uh, media folks uh, on our program a little bit later in the season. But I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Again, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter at Cast Kraken and Instagram. Look for us, Kraken Fancast. Also, uh, listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And maybe even better yet, you can listen to us on our own KrakenFancast.com webpage. Also, uh, keep in mind, uh, or we didn't really talk about this too much, but we have a Patreon page coming up soon. Uh, we'll be uh, launching that a little bit later in the month. Uh, Patreon is something that you can sign up for and be a patron. Uh, send in uh, a little bit of money every month and get a lot of perks 
questions and maybe you can even guest on the show in the in the future. So we'll tell you a little bit more about that, but I wanted to drop that little nugget. Keep that in mind. We're going to have a Patreon page. Uh, lots happening with Crack and Fancast. I don't know where to begin. So, uh, but we'll have uh, more episodes and one coming up in a couple of weeks. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, thanks much to Lucellios, Nathan Gunderson, and Jim Cockrell, and uh, most importantly to our producer Jay Middleton. I'm Chris Porter, your host, and as always, like we say, go Kraken, go Kraken. Crackin'.